Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. We're so glad you're here for today's conversation. And, uh, you know, every week, our goal here is to encourage and equip you to lead in the local church. And that's why we do what we do. We don't, we don't get paid to do it. We don't uh, make a lot of money on this. We do it because that's our passion. And uh, we want your help, too. And you can help us. A couple ways to help this podcast is to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can hit the subscribe button. But one way that you can really help us is to go and rate our podcast. It's really easy. One link, ratethispodcast.com slash CLP. And you can rate our podcast that, believe it or not, uh, different podcast channels use that to, to get the word out about our podcast. So we would love for you to do that. We appreciate that. And we appreciate all of you for listening and watching week in and week out. And uh, we're excited to bring you today's conversation. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the podcast. We are delighted to have a special guest with us today. We have uh, William Vanderblom. William is in Houston, Texas. And uh, William is the CEO and founder of Vanderblumen Search Group. And we know he has been a busy guy the last few years, especially the last few months yeah. with all the craziness. And we really appreciate you taking the time to join us here on the podcast this week, William. Oh, sure thing. Great to be with you both. And uh, just love what you're doing to try and encourage people. There is a shortage of encouragement mm. in the last uh, 15 months or so, and, and it's always does my heart good to see people that are just trying to help others along. Well, we appreciate that and appreciate you being on. I'm just going to launch into to, to our conversation. This is Starbucks, not a beer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> got to clarify, right? Yeah, so here. Got, I've got yeah. some too. Got some juice here. But uh, so, you know, one thing I've always said, and we'll, we'll talk about the last few months probably uh, during this conversation too, but, you know, for a long time, you know, the pastor search, the staff search process, it's just broken. I feel like a lot of times it's like Tinder, man. You know, people getting on Tinder to try to find a date, it's like a blind date for churches almost. And the way churches attempt to go about finding the person that God has called to lead and shepherd them or be on a staff team. And uh, and you guys have really have done a lot to, to try to educate to train, to equip churches, and to come alongside them and help them in the search process. Uh, so I, I'm, I love that. Tell me a little bit how you got to where you are in in, in kind of your calling. of part yeah. Of your yeah, well, I'll try not to ramble. I'm a, a recovering preacher, so it can go <laughs> Usually in three points, starting with the same letter and all that kind of thing. That's right. But That's I, right. I'll try to stay away from that. Uh, yeah, so I... Uh, I was a pastor, um, and almost all of my years pastoring was a senior pastor uh, in the Presbyterian Church. And uh, on paper, the system for hiring and finding pastors is very good in the Presbyterian world, but it didn't work. You know, I guess I'm getting older. I'm realizing what's on paper and what's real are two very different things. Um, But, uh, you know, I, I went into the corporate world after a while. 
of being a pastor of a fairly large church in Houston, Texas, about 5,000 adults, a couple thousand kids in school, uh, K through eight, and kind of the whole deal. I, I don't say big because in Texas that can mean like lots of different things, but uh, <laughs> but but went into the corporate world, and while I was at this Fortune 200 company, so very large company, in fact, a larger market cap than Starbucks when I was uh, there, the CEO said, I've been here nine years, it's time to talk about my transition, and I guess that's a long, long time for a company that size, I didn't know that then, but they hired this thing called a search consultant, I'd never heard of such a thing, and uh, like 90, 95 days later, they had their new CEO, they didn't miss a beat, and I just was like, what? And, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, so I can, I've had time to think about it, but I guess what, what God started to wake up inside me was a question like thinking about the church. So I was at first Presbyterian Houston, which is where Sam Houston went to church. So like, it's been around, it's a good church. It's like, you know, legit and all. And it took them almost three years to find me. And then I was there five or six years and it took them two and a half years to find my replacement. Wow. So they like, you know, 11 and a half year run or whatever the math is, roughly half the time they're looking for a pastor and half the time they've got a, it's like, what? And, and so God just started this question in my heart as I looked at this oil and gas company, not just a big company, but like the evil empire of fossil fuels, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so like, why in the world does the business world have a better solution than the bride? I mean, there's no more important company in the world (laughs) than the church. And uh, I came home, Adrian and I had just gotten married, blended our families, and we had a brand new house and six kids to feed. And I said, I think I'm supposed to quit my job and start something new for churches. Wow. Yeah. And and she looked at me (laughs) and she said, that's because churches love new ideas, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they, they embrace it immediately. <laughs> so she's smart. Uh, so I mean, the truth is she gets credit for starting the company because in our marriage, I'm the dreamer and the vision and she's the let's make sure we actually have money to pay the bills and like get real things done. Yep. Yeah. And she should have looked at me and said, I love you. Go back to work. And, <laughs> well, that's what she should have done. And instead she said, well, let's give it a try. And, uh, and um, it was the fall of 2008. So if you were oh, in the working man. world, then that, that was just a really brilliant time to quit your job. Yes. Probably <laughs> about like trying to start something in 2021. Yeah. So. So something like that. Yeah. yeah. So off we went. Uh, I didn't even know if it'd be a full-time job. I was looking for side hustles and all that. And uh, now you fast forward, what, 13 years now? And uh, man, we've gotten to help some of the, some of the coolest churches uh, from from things like the church in Bags, Wyoming, the church at Snake River in Bags, Wyoming, where there was a, in, in, there's a town kiosk at the one intersection in town, and they put signs up saying, Vanderblumen's coming, come tell them what the new pastor for the <laughs> church in the town was. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, like our, our consultant got off the plane and got to the Hertz place and said, how do I get to Bags? He said, okay, you're going to go out of the airport, and everybody's going to be turning right. You turn left. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, and it's one of the coolest churches ever. And then you turn around and we get asked to come in and, and help Willow Creek figure out what to do after Bill 
had to leave. And I mean, it's just the most humbling thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's good for me because I have this, uh, this lifelong wrestling match with pride mm-hmm. and I, I lose a lot. Uh, I have a favorite quote uh, from uh, Ted Turner. He said, uh, if I had a little more humility, I'd be perfect. So, <laughs> so I kind of fall in, in that trap sometimes and getting to do what I do where we get to come alongside these churches, whether they're big, small, normal size, mega, whatever, and see how God is moving his church forward, irrespective of me or any one pastor's efforts. It's just so cool. And it keeps my pride in check. It makes me remember I'm actually along for the ride and it's an important one and I need to work hard at it, but I am not in charge of this. So it's that's more than you wanted to hear, but recovering preacher, a little bit of business experience. And then we just happen to be kind of in a right place, right time. And we could spend hours talking about all those different factors, but I, I had no idea how ready um, things were for what we decided to try and, and just happen to be in the right place at the right time. Well, you guys not only fill a niche uh, that might be a, a business term to say, but you guys, you guys meet practical needs that churches have. I mean, you guys sit down and you get down to the, the nitty gritty and say, all right, here is what you expect. And in reality, here's what you really need. And you, yeah. you kind of help uh, reality meet expectations when you sit down at the table with a lot of these churches and their prospective searches for, for someone. And you mentioned the term a while ago that I loved normal size church. And we all know uh, people who watch and listen to our podcast know that the average size church is not 5,000. The average size church is more like a shy bit under 5,000, like, you know, <laughs> 150 or so. Right. So 100, 100 to 150. Uh, what would you say to a church that, that maybe is about to enter into a time of maybe their pastor might soon be retiring or they mm-hmm. are in the, that that no man's land right now, especially in 2021 coming out of a pandemic and they're going to start the process of searching for their next, their next leader or a key staff position in their church. What would you say to a normal sized church in that process? I'd say you're the the backbone of hope in America. Amen. I, I mean, really? And, and I'd say it not in America, your backbone of hope wherever you are, but that is, you know, the big church can make a big difference. And frankly, we work with most of the very biggest churches, but half our work or more is with more normal sized churches and uh, seeing them both. You just see communities are built on the normal sized church. Absolutely. And, um, you know, in a lot of ways, so there was an, a, a church growth guy. Uh, he died last year, year before Lyle Schaller. He, he wrote millions of things. And he used to say that, a normal sized church loses their pastor. It's like a cat. It's got nine lives. You can, you know, pastors come and go, you get a seriously big sized church and they lose their pastor. It's a beached whale. So mm-hmm. you know, if you're in a normal sized church, that's not to minimize what you're going through, but you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And uh, you shouldn't settle for second best. Uh, you shouldn't feel like you have to do it alone. Uh, you know, we've done probably 2000, searches now, actually more than 2000. And I tell churches all the time, I'm like, unless y'all have someone who's done 2000 searches, and I really hope you don't, because that would be kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> terrible tenure in that. that I'm saying we keep hiring the wrong guy. Uh, 
it's not us it's them that's right yeah. exactly yeah. exactly so you know i just uh, uh i would just say you know get a little bit of help um don't if anyone says here are the five easy steps to this run away from them there is no <laughs> right. i tell i tell our new people guys you you could probably appreciate this you've seen a lot of churches like we hire new people and i have a part of their onboarding we have i don't know 35 full-time people or something like that right now we're hiring quickly and uh when they come in for onboarding i'll say you know what i've been at this 13 years 2000 searches let me just tell you something if you've seen one church you've seen about one church that's right mm. that's exactly right so if you're in a normal size don't let anybody tell you oh it's a cookie cutter oh there's an easy way no 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 a, a verse god calls to my mind so much since i started doing this is david's words where he said I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. And I think about how that applies to local congregations. And it is just like, there's no end to the complexity. Um, if you want a quick practical tip, we did, um, Lifeway asked us many years back to just write a, uh, I'll use their words, not mine. You know, that book series, such and such for dummies. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know that. can you write one? search committee for dummies and i'm like well maybe we go with a little different title but uh <laughs> yeah it's just called search and it is a little paperback i think it's five or six dollars it's not a big deal oh, but it's great too yeah it is it, absolutely it, it, it would give a committee a workbook that they could go through together um I, I don't think it's the be all end all i'd rather you call us and say can we show you the way up everest it's it's your hill to climb but mm -hmm. we're like the little Sherpa that's been up and down the thing a bunch and we can kind of show you where to step or not. So, yeah, that's good. Well, you know, uh, one of the things that, that, um, you've said, I've probably, probably, uh, you've repeated, uh, from, from others and I've heard it as well is that every pastor is an interim pastor, right? I mean, every pastor is, is an interim because we're going to die. We're going to leave those kind of things. Uh, and, and, you know, Annie and I have talked with a lot of pastors who are in transition, or are, have just come out of transition and churches that, you know, their pastors retiring after a long tenure, which praise God that, that, that is still happening, but there's no plan. Uh, you know, the search begins like the search 30 years before when they found that pastor, when I think there's a better way to prepare for that uh, with, you know, a succession plan. So yeah. talk a little bit about that. What, you know, if, if there's, you know, a church or, or a staff member, planning a transition to retire or to, you know, to leave, talk about how maybe they can approach that a little bit differently. Yeah. Well, I think the fact that we're having this conversation is a sign that things are moving in the right direction. Uh, it used to be, you know, pastors, um, they're not really, I don't think parishioners or pastors view the relationship as an employee employer relationship. I hope they don't. It's, right. it's more holy. Right. I think the, the metaphor that's, struck close to me is it's almost like family. Mm. And so I think for a long time, if a CEO walks into a board meeting and says, let's plan for the day I'm not here anymore, the board, you know, no matter how good the CEO, we got to think about the long-term way to go, long-term planning, let's get going, right? If dad sits down at the dinner table and says, let's talk about when I'm not here anymore, you know, the kids freak out and think he's got a tumor right? Moms, like, who are you sleeping with? And what's going on? Like, and, and that's kind of how if a pastor walked in and said, I'm thinking about leaving, everybody freaks out and assumes the worst. And what in the end, did you steal the money? Or did you run yeah. off? Or, you know, that is spot on. That is. And, and it, and it's this dirty conversation. So like, 
seven years ago, I, I set out to figure out, particularly in larger churches, why are we doing such a bad job of finding the guy after the successful guy, right? And uh, so we did a research project and wrote a book. It's called Next, Pastoral Success mm-hmm. That Works. And, awesome. you know, well, my mother thought she was going to have to buy all 12 copies of it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and they told us, you know, if it, like Grand Slam, this is such a niche book. If you sell 2,500 of them, it'd be awesome. And you, by the way, you don't make money selling niche books. Oh, <laughs> it it's in its like sixth printing. And it kind of, again, just right place, right time. And the one thing I wanted to see happen was that this dirty conversation let's talk about when I'm not here anymore, that that could move out of the parking lot and into the boardroom. Mm-hmm. And I think it has. So, so the first thing I would tell a church that's thinking about transition, you are not alone. You're thinking healthy. It is all interim work. Right. And as much as you love your pastor and don't want him to leave, you, you gotta, I mean, there's only three ways your pastor's time ends at the church. And I've been saying this for seven years. If y'all have already heard it, sorry, no one can find a fourth for me. Okay. So here's your challenge to the listeners, find the fourth way and send it to me. I'll buy you a Starbucks, right? Way number one, you run your church into the ground and you close it. Awesome. Right? Not so much. Uh, way number two, you happen to be the pastor the day Jesus returns. <laughs> Super cool, right? Very difficult to get on the calendar. Okay. Right. <laughs> I look at Calendly, there's no open spots for that. So the you know, the only other option is somebody's coming after you. Once once that light switch flips for a board, they can start talking in a way that's no longer this dad's leaving kind of conversation. It's just it's like buying life insurance. Well, I mean, we need to do that. So I would say start a plan. And, and, you know, when we started, we had, well, pastor just turned 85 and he's thinking sometime in the next 10 years, <laughs> probably about time. Like that's how it started right now. Uh, we sign consulting arrangements all the time with pastors that are in their forties saying we need to lay some tracks out. Like what are the things that would need to happen if I suddenly couldn't come to work? What would need to happen if I was only going to stay five years? What about if I'm going to stay a long time? And and I don't know many cardinal rules of succession because it's so different for every, every single case. But one rule I think is probably true all the time in that, that this is it. In succession, the person with the most time wins. So, you know, starting a plan now can be the healthiest thing in the world. And it, frankly, it it keeps people's pride in check. You are not the only thing keeping your church open. I promise you. Right. That's, 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 uh, that's great. Uh, my dad was a, a cowboy and, uh, he used a lot of cowboy logic and we actually lived in Texas for a while when I was young, by the way. But, uh, one of the things he taught me growing up is if you borrow somebody's truck, you return that truck to them cleaner than you got it. And with a full tank of gas, and, you know, that's kind of been, one of my mottos, not just in work, but also in ministry is everywhere you serve, you, you do your best to serve and honor the Lord and serve those people in such a way that if God calls you away from that church, that hopefully it's in much better shape than it was before you came there. And yeah. usually guys don't have 
uh, that type of mindset. Usually there's some kind of fire that has been started. Mm. <laughs> there's some kind of, you know, mess that has been made. So they're scrambling to get out, out of there, or guys are looking to maybe climb the ladder, you know, uh, move, move yep. up instead of make a lateral move. They want to, they want to move up. So what would you say to, to guys who maybe that's their mindset? Like uh, they're not worried about where they're at. They're worried more about where they're headed. Mm. Yeah, well, life's too short to live that way. Mm. And, and I could find like really godly things to say about, you know, all that. But like, what not Psalm 90 like the oldest psalm if you date them? And that's where Moses says, hey, teach us to number our days. I have, you guys done this. You've buried people. Have you ever sat with anybody? And you pastors listening, have you ever sat with anybody that's about to die and had them say, well, that sure took a long time. <laughs> not, not once. Right. It's always, oh my goodness, it goes by so fast. Mm-hmm. And if all I do is focus on the what's next, then I, it's going to fly by. It happened to me this morning mm-hmm. on my morning run. It's starting to get oppressive hot here in Houston and it'll cool back off in December. I think we're having winter on a Thursday this year. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I start thinking, man, I can't wait. The beach is only five weeks away. Well, we're only there a week. I mean, why am I? <laughs> so it's a constant struggle, I think, for everybody, right? But I think what what I'm learning as I get older is the more I focus on the what's next and, and anticipating and looking forward to the thing that's next, the, the less I actually sit down and enjoy what I have right now. Ooh, that's good. It, you know, if you want to go all holy on it, you know, there's Paul's like, man, it'd be better to go ahead and be in heaven, but it's probably better to be here. You know, that's right. So, that's right. I, I don't know, but that's nothing new or innovative. It's just, it all goes by so fast. Yeah. That's, that's a reminder we all need. So maybe there's someone, you know, uh, watching or listening today that either they're thinking about their next spot or their church is getting ready to transition or they're in the middle of it now. And they're like, we don't know what in the world we're doing. What, what are some next steps to, to get in touch with, with your company? Oh, uh, yeah. They can, they can take the right steps. Let me tell you a line that is some of the best advice I ever got. I was, I had a mentor when I was a young senior pastor, John Maxwell took me under wing and poured a lot of time into me and, I said, what do I do right now to get ready for the future if I'm a young leader? And he said, smart young leaders spend their early days creating options for their later days. Mm. Oh, wow. That's why you write books. But like, so I would just encourage you as you're thinking about the long term, you don't have to sit and anticipate what's next. I mean, live for the moment, but live in a way that's creating more and more options for you. Like I see guys who've had great ministries who get near the end and they can't afford to retire. Well, golly, that could have been fixed pretty easy from the beginning, right? So I would just say, enjoy what you have right here, right now, but create options for the future, right? Now, if you want like real tactile stuff, um, funny story, but I I have this, so I have a a little bit of a problem, okay? Can we get honest? Okay. (laughs) I um, buy too many domain names. Like I own them. I'm with you. I'm the same way, man. I mean, I think I have platinum status on GoDaddy. (laughs) (laughs) So so anyway, um, 
I bought like 300 domain names when we were starting the company. I'm not, that's like not an overstatement. We staff the church. We'll, you know, find your pastor, like all these different ones. Hired a company to say, which one's the best? Like a consultant guy, you know, which one works best? Can't name it after me. Which, and he came back and he said, good news, bad news. Okay, good news. I found the right domain name, right? Bad news. It's your last name. <laughs> Are you telling this story, William? Well, because the consultant said, so your last name is so messed up that you can misspell it into Google about a hundred different ways and it's still going to lead people. So you need come resources. <laughs> just try typing Vanderblum into Google. You'll find us. There are about uh, what I found. So I went to Princeton for seminary, which meant there wasn't a lot of practical learning. It was very sort of ivory towerish, which, I, you know, it's great. But how do I run a staff meeting? Never had a class on that. Mm. How do I fire a volunteer? No one ever taught me that. So, so for the last 13 years, we've been creating free resources that could try and fill that gap. And there are probably about 3,000 free resources at vanderblumen.com. Just go in the search engine and type whatever subject you want. There's, there's, uh, it's, a, it's an always growing library. Hopefully, to kind of bridge that gap between what you learn in Bible school or seminary or, and, and what you actually need to do to run a team, irrespective of what size church. So go there, you know, read some things. If we can be helpful, then we'd love to do that. Well, what you guys do is helpful. Mark and I can say firsthand, uh, we appreciate what you guys do. We utilize those resources ourselves. And we will put in our show notes uh, a link to vanderblumen.com so that people can have uh, have all of those resources. And they don't have to misspell it on Google. We'll just send them a link right in the show notes. So we'll we'll just solve that little riddle right there for them. And uh, I'm telling you from my personal experience, I thank you. I I thank you for letting God use you in this area of needed ministry to churches and to leaders and to even organizations. And it is not just a, a business mindset that you guys have, but you guys really serve the church well. And Absolutely. we're thankful for you. And that's, that's what our goal is here on the podcast is we want to serve the church by being encouraging and equipping to, to church leaders in the local church. Yeah, that's right. And, and you've done that. And, and we appreciate you hanging out with us for a few minutes today and, sharing a little bit of your story and your passion and uh, a little bit of what God's taught you. So thanks. Thanks so much, William. Uh, Love what you guys are doing and uh, honored to be a part of the show. All right. Well, for the rest of you, I know you've been encouraged and equipped to lead the local church and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. 